Are you a race fan by chance? Um, I enjoy the race. Okay. But I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Yeah. So you've yeah. gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And being in Brownsburg, just on the west side, right. like everybody skips car. Like the kids are going to carb day. They're skipping school. They're going to that. So like we're in race. Kids wouldn't skip school. I mean, no, never, never. never. <laughs> um, but you've got all the race companies around. Like they're building right. stuff all the time in town. And so uh, we enjoy it. I, I've got young kids right now. Okay. I've got two boys, five yep. and two. Uh, I've taken my older one before. That didn't last very long. Um, but <laughs> to the I race or just like to practice? To the ra- no, oh, we went to the wow, race. Like okay. we went infield. Um, so he'll they'll end up loving it. I think like they'll want to go. But like I'm not watching IndyCar. Yeah, year round right. or anything like that. That's fair. So, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny you mentioned your son. So growing up, my my dad's been in it since he was a kid. I guess um, they institute a family rule that you had to be nine before you go to the race. And as kids, we we're like. What's up with that? Like, we didn't understand it. Then all of a sudden we become parents, have kids. It's like, ah, uh-huh. I get it. Yeah. Because if four-year-old, I have three three girls, but, you know, if a four-year-old goes and they have a meltdown, you know, an hour or two in, you're like, well, buddy, we got like six Buckle more in. hours to go. Yeah. Like, this it's isn't like going to work an hour out to so get well. in here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But And they've anyway. cleaned it. They've done a nice job of cleaning some things up for families. Sure. I think like it's just, it's a different race than probably everyone used to go to yeah, as well. Yeah. So you can get what you're looking for. Yeah. I, so literally I've been gone. I've, I have gone every year since I was nine. Um, seen a lot of things. Um, yeah. People watching still is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you're, Cause you're seeing a little bit of literally everything. Yeah. Um, but to your point, I don't think the infield, there's still probably some antics in certain spots, but it's not like what it used to be. Yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. That's funny. So you're excited. You're ready. How I many, am. How I, many I races do. have you been to? Well, so I'm 50 now. This will be my, you know, what the race is. I'm 50, so 41. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get, do they give you like a coin when you hit your 50? No. no. Not that it's I'm aware of. Doug, yeah. if you're out there and you're here listening to this, <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me know. Shoot if one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad's at 60 plus, maybe close to 70 now. I There's a lot crazy. of those stories. Yeah. I mean, especially over on the West side, just those families that keep going back to the track, Yep, which just the tradition. Is this thing on? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you for joining us from wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're watching us on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel, thank you for doing so. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you are watching it there and you haven't hit the subscribe button or that little bell notification icon, please do so. It doesn't cost you a dime, and we'd greatly appreciate it because then you'll be notified when new episodes like this one drop. All right, today we've got a new special guest with us, uh, hailing from Brownsburg, Indiana, or at least that's where he resides now, Mr. Drew Tower. Drew? Welcome to the Summits Podcast. Vince, thanks for having me. I'm glad we could finally connect. Um, Why don't you give our listeners and viewers a little background info on yourself? Yeah. Uh, So currently I serve as the AD at Brownsburg High School, um, and I've been doing that for about five years. I've been in public education for 10 years, and uh, basketball was always kind of my background. And so played at uh, Newcastle, went to high school there, grew up there tons of tradition um, and a lot of connections that kind of go throughout this whole story. Steve Alford, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of Hoosiers fans there. So uh, grew up in Newcastle, played there, wonderful experience, got to go play small college basketball, and then ended up coaching 
uh, basketball, went to the high school route at Brownsburg and, and found myself in administration. And athletics has just always been something I've been very passionate about and has always been a part of my life. So it made sense to yeah. get into that. So you played in college. Where did you play at? Played at Taylor. Taylor so a uh, smaller NAIA school, mm-hmm. uh, but had just a really good tradition. Uh, a lot of people will be familiar with like Taylor basketball camp that they went sure. to mm-hmm. the last 50 years, maybe uh, during the summer sometime. But uh, Paul Patterson, who just passed last fall, uh, was my college basketball coach, but just someone who has connections and just well known all over the country, even from small Taylor University and, and even a mentor to like Brad Stevens at, sure. when he was a Butler. And so... Uh, just but great experiences there even at the small college level and I I joke it's in Upland which is you wouldn't know where it is yeah um, northern Indiana right um, just a map dot but it has an ice cream place called Ivanhoe's which most people somehow know about it's got a ton <laughs> of flavors and I NIL obviously didn't exist right <laughs> I wouldn't have had an NIL contract with anybody but I would have had like an ice cream flavor named after me or something sure. there you go. so yeah. Yeah. yeah what position uh, I was a wing, so I was uh, like a two three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. About six three, could shoot a little bit. Uh my offense was my defense. So I I was just trying to get the ball back as fast as I yeah. could. Right. So yeah. Nice. Um what took you you said what took you to Brownsburg initially? So um again, I think just through this whole piece, it's all about the relationships that we've been able to build. So I was coaching at Taylor uh, yeah. a couple years after that I played. And uh, I got to know a coach that ended up being the head coach at Brownsburg at the time. I was recruiting one of his players at the school he was at. And so got to know him really well. Coach Patterson had retired that spring. It was a good opportunity to do the next thing after Taylor. And Brownsburg just happened to be that that piece. And I was able to come on that spring um, in kind of an academic role and then get into coaching that way. And so it's kind of where it started. Yeah. So this is random. What's the approximate enrollment at Taylor? Uh, that's a great question. I bet it's 4,000. What's the approximate yeah. enrollment at Brownsburg? We are nearing that. I wouldn't have been shocked if you said yeah. Brownsburg's actually like 5,000 and Taylor's 4,000. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's such a great community. Like it's got yeah. that, it's a huge school yeah. and it's growing really fast right, right. now. Uh, but it still has that small town that we love that sure. my family loves. So um, it's kind of got everything that you want on the West side. There. Yeah. I hadn't been, I think it's Tri-West yet, the next step beyond Brownsburg. My daughter, who's in high school now, had a softball game out there, and I hadn't been out there in a while, and same type of thing. It's, I got a buddy who's my age who went there, and of course, back then it was further out in the quote-unquote country, um, you know, 25, 30 years ago, Uh, but the amount of growth that it's had in the last five to 10 years is is ridiculous, and yeah, and I think it's up, it's crazy. Brownsburg kind of hits its carrying capacity here soon. You're going to see more people that that are in Brownsburg heading out that way, right? For sure. So, and it's yeah. a great area. So, yeah. I was downtown Brownsburg, downtown Brownsburg yeah, yeah. for the first time last year, sometime, and it is completely different. It is yeah. wild how much that that town is. Oh, and a lot of development there that's yeah. been good for families, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So you're at Brownsburg coaching basketball. Um, initially as an assistant? Or, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I was an assistant before I got into administration. Okay, yeah. And, and so how did that transition happen? Uh, just being around good people, um, developing relationships. I think kind of in the role that I was in on the academic side, um, I was we have teaming. And so you've got grade level teams. And so you yeah. kind of follow these kids through when they're freshmen, through their senior year. 
So I wasn't in the classroom teaching. Right. And so that helped me get more administrative experience and realize that's a route that I probably wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to be a head coach, I think. Uh, but just things happen in your life for a reason. And so that's True. something that came up that, that happened to be a good opportunity. And I got to know my principal was great to me. Uh, our superintendent, our current athletic director at that time just really poured into me as a young person kind of getting into the profession. So right. um, it's worked out really well. It's been a great place to to grow our young family, get married, all those things. Yeah. So Well, I can imagine, and, and not no disrespect to all the other ADs out there, but the AD position at a school like Brownsburg that is already pretty large and still growing full-time job, not just during the school year, but you're, you're managing probably a lot of facility issues um, from just up general upkeep like anybody else has, but also expansion and maybe new building. Um, and then all the other things that come along with all the, all the sports and whatnot. And so when it's summertime, the kids are not there. It doesn't mean you're, you've slowed down at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've got three seasons, right? We've got fall, winter, and spring, and yeah. then we have June. And in June, everybody's in season. Right. So, yeah. uh, which is different from how everybody kind of grew up doing athletics. And so I think it's such a commitment. Um, Our our kids are doing things that are really high level, a lot higher level than I was doing it back at Newcastle. Um, And you got high expectations from from myself, from our head coaches that we're going to do things a certain way. And so that takes a, it takes what it takes, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a certain type of work and commitment to be doing your craft all the time, basically. And and we want to develop them as people as well. And sure. so that's the great part about high school right now is that we still get that. That's a byproduct of trying to do things really well is to develop them as people and as leaders and to be the next best athlete that they can be at the next level or doctor or lawyer or husband or wife. And so that's at the root of it. We still get to do all those things. And, and Brownsburg is a great place because we're flourishing, we're thriving. Um, it's competitive, our conference, uh, I love my colleagues in our conference at Fishers, HSE, Noblesville, Westfield, Zionsville, like, but it's all com- small schools, it's comp- just yeah. really small areas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's so competitive. Right? Sure. And Hell so yeah. you've just, you've got to be on it. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And so yeah. that's one. Well, and I think your background as a player, not just in high school, but playing the collegiate level, you're a competitive individual. And that's probably groomed you well for this position because it's it get, provides you another outlet where none of us are playing anymore, and so it provides you that outlet for that competitive spirit to not only do a good job but also knowing that you're competing against these other schools you mentioned. It, it's, it could be friendly rivalries, but that com- com- competition or that competitive nature just helps helps you do your job essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it helped like what your coach has instilled in you. You want to instill in others, sure, right? Yeah. And so that's one of that piece, like if you're going to do this, let's do it. Let's max it out. Let's squeeze our potential. And, and we intend to compete at the highest level that we can. Yeah. So, so we'll, I, we went through a couple different head football coaches when I was back in high school, back in a long time ago, you probably weren't, you weren't even born yet. Um, probably not. Thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> uh, but we had one of them, he was like a big quote guy, like every, he was always reciting quotes or practice or posting up things in the locker room with quotes on them. And, you know, as, as a, 16 to 18 year old, you'd be like, Oh God, you know, here's another quote, whatever. <laughs> but there was one that for whatever reason stood out and something I, I remembered today and something I'll use like with our employees and my, my sales are probably say, okay, great. <laughs> you know, I've heard that 8,000 times now, but it's winners do things losers hate to do. And sometimes I have to con- remind myself of that sometimes. And I've, and I've now told my kids that and they probably eye roll me when I say it too, but like, it's true. 
I mean, it, it's yeah. it's those who succeed do some of the little things that others may be like, eh, you know, too lazy to do it or just don't want to do it. But it's those little things that can add up and make the difference. And um, I don't know, that's just something I remember from my yeah. well, and I school think days. Those coaches that have all those quotes and they've said all those things and then they leave the locker room and they're getting mocked the entire time or like we had an off-campus house and we had just these isms or sayings all over the walls. Yep. Right. Um, of things that coach would say. You just know that coach is having an influence and an impact, though, because right. when you grow up and you're a little bit more mature, they kind of sink in. And that's what we hope. Like we're putting these nuggets into these kids. And then like when they're 25, they get it. Yeah. Like it hits yeah. them at some point. So, yeah. or but it's funny in the... for 50 and then we finally get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the meantime, it's always fun at the same time because coaches, we can't take ourselves too seriously. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So coaching basketball then become the AD at Brownsburg. Um, when did Project 44 come into the in your world? Yeah, um, and I knew about it just because I had a good relationship um, with some of Andrew Smith's teammates at Butler because we played in high school together. Yeah. Um, and then just being able to be in the gym working some camps um, at Butler and those types of things. And so, um, honestly, I just some common connections back uh, to some of the people that were involved with the organization and the mission uh, this past summer. And we were able to connect and they were wanting to move forward with kind of an executive director position. And we had a few conversations and thought this would be a good fit and um, something that uh, they're obviously very passionate about from their board perspective, but something that I was as well. And and there's a few different reasons for that. But I one of those things was just following that story not having that direct connection to it, but but really I did through some of my friends that played with Andrew at Butler. And so that was really kind of how, um, between my relationships with uh, someone who was working for me at the athletic department, who was also at Butler, who knew someone who was on the board, and, and it was kind of just a small world that way. Right. Um, but I, I think it's worked out really well for all of us, and, and we're really excited about some of the things that are going on right now. Yeah. Well, I'm fairly familiar with it, and I um, have spoken with Samantha before. She actually spoke at our gala, I don't know, five or six yeah, years ago, five maybe? five or six years, yeah. Uh, but why don't you give our, our listeners and viewers some background history on what Project 44 is and what you guys are doing today? Yeah. So uh, Butler was on two Final Four runs, 2010-2011. Uh, Andrew Smith, standout starting center there. Um, after he had graduated, signed a contract overseas, uh, like many of them do. And then it was shortly after that, he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, and Andrew had a, a two-year battle there. And, and through that, um, this is kind of where Project 44 comes from this story. And so 44 was Andrew's number. It's very fitting. Um, and so from there, Andrew's fighting his battle. And, and he and his, um, his wife at the time, Samantha, and uh, just trying to get as many people into the Be The Match bow and mail registry as possible. And Be The Match is the biggest registry uh, to help those with blood cancer. And so uh, he had a match, actually, and, and it wasn't successful. But through that process, uh, they learned so much and and started to become kind of the face for Be The Match and advocates for Be The Match mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of his final months and days. And and so Samantha took that and started this thing. And really, it's her work is why we're here where we are today. Right. Um, and so Sam 
the first donor drive was at Andrew's Celebration of Life. And so you have hundreds of people that are showing up there, teammates, Butler folks, just and people from where Andrew grew up. Um, and we did the first drive there, which is just a cheek swab, yep. right? Like, and we talk about swabbing, we're coming at a, we're post COVID and we're talking about sticking stuff up people's noses and everything. A cheek swab is literally the, the easiest park. thing yeah. you can do. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's just swabbing cheeks at Andrew's celebration of life. And, and that was kind of where it took off. And, and so Samantha since then has done just tremendous work. Um, there was a lot of momentum right there. And, and kind of where I found out more about this was that Chase DeGaulle mm-hmm. was one of Andrew's teammates, um, was on both of those final four teams. Chase was one of Drew's good friends. Chase joins the registry at Andrew's funeral. And it's a few months later that Chase gets a call that he's a match for a little boy in Ohio. And so you couldn't write a script better than that. Yeah. Um, ends up, his name was Deegan Scott. Uh, Deegan was a four-year-old boy then. He's a you know nine-year-old boy now. And it's because Chase's story and Chase chose to do that. And so uh, you can't write things better than that. That's like a movie script. And so that's Chase and I just had that relationship. And it was cool to kind of follow that that as well yeah so did chase play with you at newcastle he did yeah yeah he was a year younger than me he was a lot better than i was uh he's the reason (laughs) we won a state championship too so hey um, you still got a ring though right that's right i was i was along for the ride yeah yeah so you went to high school with chase and newcastle you went to high school with andrew covenant christian yep yep where's kevin bacon in the middle of that yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) somewhere within six degrees right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah uh so what would you say your vision for Project 44? What's, what's your guys' uh, kind of short-term goals right now? Yeah, I think oh, keeping it really simple is to save lives through bone marrow donation um, and partnering with Be The Match. We're an official partner with them now. Um, and honestly, I think our story is really unique. And yeah. I think college basketball is a specific platform for mm-hmm. us that, that has wide impact because of how popular college basketball is. And so uh, through education, through advocacy, through events, uh, our goal is to put as many people into the bone marrow registry through Be The Match as possible. Uh, There's a one to 430 ratio of people in the registry for matches. And and so the more the better, right? It's roughly 18,000 people then to get a a match for somebody. So um, big arenas have been very attractive to us uh, working with college basketball teams. And so... Uh, I know historically Butler University, even though we don't have an official tie, is home, right? Like so much of our story, our board members that all graduated from Butler, yep. that's home for us. Uh, and there's no question that Hinkle and, and the Butler Athletic Department and the university as a whole have been great to the organization. And so there was always a staple game at Hinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it goes back to where there was an ESPN special about it with Chase and with Deegan and where they brought him out onto the floor, and it kind of took off from there. And then it ended up being some of the best games that were nationally televised. Yeah. And so you've got buzzer beaters against Villanova, and and those were always on Project 44 nights. And nice. so yeah. uh, I do feel bad. It was my first time hosting, co-hosting with Butler at Hinkle, and Butler lost. Uh, and so I did take the blame for that. <laughs> I didn't give that to yeah. Thad. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, just being at those events, being able to talk to the teams, uh, connect with coaches, We've taken that model and we've gone to different arenas. And the best thing about college basketball is you've got these coaching trees that exist that 
were all either attached to that Butler staff um, or they knew about the story and then they connect with somebody else and they get us into a different arena. And and we want to connect with the players. The players are going to wear T-shirts that say Project 44. Mm-hmm. They're going to have text codes uh, with how to join the registry with all the content up on the video board. Nice. Uh, but we will, we'll have tables on the concourse. Um, and we've been some pretty big places this year and, and fortunate to partner with people like IU, with Purdue, with Ohio State. Um, just some different events that have been really, really beneficial for our organization. Right. So I've noticed that this this past basketball season, kudos to you for getting that done. I mean, that, to your point, the the relationship to make that get that going is kind of a no brainer. Um, and the you know the captive audience that you've got there, it just it all makes sense. Um, and you have obviously the tie back to basketball and to Andrew, and it just it all kind of blends very well together. Uh, so kudos to you for uh, for getting that done. I, I think certainly has some legs. And, and to your point, you said that uh, education advocacy are key. And there's no question that if you continue to go down that go down that path, that that stage, that basketball stage, uh, is, is a pretty big one. Um, and 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 leverage those relationships like you can. It's uh, that's awesome. Uh, if if there's a way we can help, we're happy to do so. So we can we can talk offline about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. As you probably well know, with most of our summits episodes, we talk about cancer stories. Everybody, everybody has one in some some way, shape, or form. Uh, Drew, what's your cancer story? So I would say there's there's two here, and okay. the one that I referenced was with my good friend Chase yep. and and Deacon Scott from Ohio, and I that was kind of my connection to this. But I guess for me personally, um, and and again, the Be the Match Bone Marrow Registry is specific to blood cancers and blood disorders, and so. For me, it goes back to when I was five, uh, the summer before I started kindergarten, and I was diagnosed with a rare blood disorder, ITP. Okay. And I was able to have my own bone marrow experience and had wonderful doctors at Riley Children's Hospital. And and I'm old, you know, it was old enough where I can still remember some of those those visits and operations and things like that. And so um, it, it all kind of came full circle when... I knew about Project 44 when we're having these conversations with the board, and then I'm finding out more exactly what our work is and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there at my office, and I'm, this has to happen. I mean, this has to happen. Like, I was fortunate to have that experience mm-hmm. and had great medical professionals at Riley. Uh, but I was also fortunate that someone donated. I was also fortunate, Deegan Scott was fortunate that, although how sad it was for Andrew, that Chase was at that funeral. Chase decided to swab his cheek, and and Deegan's still here today. And right. so, um, it's just it's coincidental, but I think there's a reason for it. I, mean, I think these things are all kind of aligning at, at the right time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Well, I also suspect your attitude somewhat similar to mine, and or both of ours, in that um, we're making headway, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot more to be done. And if we don't do our part, whatever that is, big or small. We'll never get there. Um, my first cancer experience happened to be a blood cancer as well. Uh, with Hodgkin's lymphoma versus non. Um, but I vividly remember them taking the bone marrow sample, which was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, it had not spread to my marrow, so I, I didn't have to worry about a, a bone marrow transplant. But um, if I did, and I'm sure many others have had to, um, it's great knowing that you guys are doing the work that you're doing mm-hmm. to improve the chances for someone like myself or many others who are diagnosed with a blood cancer. Well, and like, and it's, it's valuable work, right? I mean, I, I think about the world today and we're just divided on everything. 
I think this is something we can all agree on. Yeah. And that's what I love yeah. about it. I mean, it, it's valuable work. It's you're doing things for people that can't repay you. Um, and it's not about you. It's about them. It's about yeah. leaving kind of your, your fingerprint and your impact. And, and, and honestly, I think like what you said, like we have so much work still to do. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And so while basketball games are great, like the real nitty gritty of getting things done, uh, we've been fortunate to have some good connections through legislation um, at session this past year. And so Senator Greg Taylor has been a huge advocate for us and for partnering with the Department of Health okay. and to get more information um, on the Department of Health website. And and so I know it's a, it's a budget year at mm -hmm. session. And Senator Taylor has just been um, a huge advocate for our organization and our mission. But ultimately, I think we're going to be able to, the organization is going to be able to have a key role in that and partnering with the Department of Health to make sure you go to that website. Right now, there's nothing about joining the registry and how important that is, but yeah. there will be. And so I think that's something that we're really excited about as well, that you know, basketball might be the platform, but the goal is the goal. And right. so how many different ways can we reach that goal? Yeah. Um, number one, that's awesome. And two, as I like to say, which some people sound make, say sounds weird, but I really respect cancer. They're like, what do you mean? I go, well, cancer, like some other diseases, is like the ultimate non-discriminatory disease. Like it doesn't care about age, race, gender, like none of that. It can affect all of us. So to your point, regardless of how divided we are on a variety of issues these today, I think we can all come together on this. Cancer doesn't discriminate. There's no, no question. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, so, cool. I know you mentioned um, at, at the events, the Project 44 events, you can get swabbed and things like that. Is there, can go online to Project 44, get it shipped to your home to get on the registry, or do you have to do it at an event or go to someplace? To, no, no, yeah. we could do it right here. I mean, yeah. you, um, we have swabs at our events, obviously, yeah. that, that you'll swab, you'll put them in the envelope, they're all going to be the match. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and then we're taking account for how many people we're putting into the registry. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have text codes, okay. which are really easy, and so you text Andrew to 61474, yeah. and be the match is going to mail you, and cool. so you just you put it on your phone. Yep. Uh, they mail you your swab kit from there, and then uh, you just mail it back in. Awesome. So there's uh, project44.org, at joinproject44 on social media. Um, we're always trying to put out different pieces and swap stories for okay. things that are going on in our world and how, how we can get other people to help. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, guys, we'll share that text code and the uh, URL to Project 44 in the uh, description here. So take a look at that stuff. Drew, we appreciate you coming on the I Summits Podcast. Enjoy the time. I appreciate everything you guys are doing and and look forward to working together. Yep. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Same. Thanks, guys. Thanks to all you guys for joining us on this episode of the Summits Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in and don't forget, beat cancer. <laughs>